0: God bless you this morning. Um, thank you for that amazing welcome, Reuben. Um, all in a week's work. Oh, good. <laughs> Enjoyed it, actually. I think I might be a better painter than preacher. <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, um, uh, Vicky and I absolutely love being at Excite, and, and every time we're uh, scheduled to come, we, we just look forward to that. And it's one of our favorite places to be around the north. Um, in our current um, role of just supporting church leaders and little churches that are springing up all over Northland. Um, we just also love the wonderful privilege of being in um, this, this particular church. It carries so much of the DNA and thinking that we ourselves um, are so close to. So thank you for um, having us here. Just before I start, I'm just going to ask my beautiful Vicky to come and share for a couple of minutes. Yeah. God bless you, darling.
1: <laughs> uh, kia ora, church family. Um, well, I just wanted to share a little testimony because um, we were having coffee with um, Ian and Sophia the other day and, um, and just having just a really fun, fun time. And they were sharing about the my story that Troy shared about. Um, and I, was just sharing about the, I just wanted to share about the um, power of testimony. And, um, and, and the, Troy shared it and, and then um, and, um, Ian and Sophia were sharing it to me and uh, about how Troy um, asked God... For, um, a, um, that God would give him opportunities to be able to share his faith, and then about that caravan, how it burnt down, and the, just the page of the Bible was saved, that, saved. And then he was able to share the gospel to that that person. And um and I I was thinking, oh yes, that's right. I've got to. It reminded me to ask God for opportunities to share my faith, you know. And so this week, um, and you know, I've asked the Lord for that. And this week, um, I was walking down the road, and then um, one of my neighbors um was um driving and. And I'm um, in and she just, we just connected and said, and she's just looking, it was just an op- awesome opportunity to ask her to come back for a coffee. And so she came back home, we just had a real neat, neat talk, and, um, and, and I was just able to share the goodness of God with her. And then God's just, um, I can see God's sovereign hand in it. <coughs> Because um, three times this week, we've just crossed paths, and it just doesn't happen. And so just asking, just the, your testimony, how the power of it just keeps rolling over for others, you know? So I just honor, honor you, and thank you so much.
0: It's beautiful. All right, there's been such a, um, we just might pop those scriptures up. Thanks, Bree, of um, the Matthew scriptures um, that have been the focus of this month, Salt and Light. What a beautiful, amazing topic. Um, I reckon it need to go another month, but never mind. (laughs) Um, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And 5.14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Matthew 5.15, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light. To all who are in the house, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I um, these are just such a a powerful encouragement, you know, as Jesus um, spoke to us that we are the light and the salt. And I love the foundation that's been laid. Um, Charlotte just ripped it up on the very first morning of the month, and Rhys followed up with such a powerful definition of. Uh, What salt is, and then Ian came. Uh, Man, I wish I could preach like Ian. It's a wonderful message. Uh, I know he's very popular here. I see they made the pulpit for him. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, there was a there was an amazing message (laughs) just on salt and light. He can handle that. He gives me heaps. In fact, he's probably here today just to check up on me. He'll check my pockets when I go out. On to. <laughs> anyway, he Anyway, love, love this too. And, and his message, you know, just what a wonderful, um, um, beautiful stories there of his own son. And Bezalel, of course, in the Old Testament, who was so gifted by the Spirit of God to create some stuff that someone told me the other day that the seven-branched golden candlestick hammered out of one piece of gold, they still can't do that today. Isn't that phenomenal? Um, And the way it was made, they still cannot repeat that. So phenomenal, the anointing that comes on lives that brings solutions and answers into our world. And then, of course, last week, JT just ripped it up on identity and who we are in Christ. And so each of these messages, just encourage you to go back, watch them on SoundCloud, or listen to them on SoundCloud, and you can just get get the whole theme of the month, which is encouraging us to take our place. The, we are salt and we are light and we're meant to, God's purpose for our lives is to shine in this world in which we live. And so we, we have an awesome, wonderful privilege to shine in this world um, where we are. So the word, we are the salt and we are the light, it's, it's just how we work that out. And um, when we get hold of this, 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 this powerful revelation that the impact of our lives is so important for our communities, a powerful transformation is going to happen in this nation. I love what Paul said in Romans 1.16, he says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes For the Jew first and also the Greek. See, the gospel is transformational to our own lives, to our families, and to our our communities. And, uh, you know, wherever we're able to um, make Jesus the Lord in our personal life, transformation follows. In our marriage, man, I'm so grateful for the gospel and for the wisdom of God in marriage. And a family, raising our children into the community to bring wisdom uh, and understanding for community work, business. It truly is abundant life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But I want to share with you something this morning that I, I don't know whether this is going to be, the, I know there'll be people here this morning to whom this is relevant. And um, I want to encourage you this morning I'm in this whole area, but when I was a young believer, there was much preaching and teaching um, with an emphasis on the imminent return of Jesus. And look, don't get me wrong this morning, I believe Jesus is coming back. He re- He's coming back. But the emphasis on him coming so soon was so strong that we weren't meant to get past 1984. Hello. <laughs> Still here. Then it was 1988. Hello. Still here. And then it was Y2K, the thing that was going to bring down the worldwide computer network and life was going to go into chaos and Jesus was going to come. Year 2000. So there were so many books written, interpretations of world events given that proved to be inaccurate. Um, the effect on many young lives, including mine, was to leave me thinking that Jesus is coming and there's no time for anything. And we were encouraged The only thing that matters is bring people into the kingdom, which was good. No problem with that. But so strong was the thinking that we're at the end of the age. The world is getting darker. We're about to leave the planet. So many of us never saw a future. We never dreamed that there was anything beyond tomorrow. And so we lived not pursuing careers, not pursuing education, not pursuing many of the things that are vital to our culture and to influencing our world. We reasoned like this, you don't polish the brass on a sinking ship. And that was was said and taught. So the church withdrew from politics and education, the arts and media and business, and from the places of influence in our world. We were camped out at the rapture bus stop, man. We were ready. Jesus, we're ready to go. And every day thinking we're out of here. And so the the thinking was so strong that we had that that the whole mission of the church was only single win people to Jesus which is a good mission. Yeah. We have got to do that. Yeah. But we need to impart into people's lives a sense of destiny and calling that we're on the planet for an amazing purpose and that our lives every single one of us is unique made by God. There is no one like you on the planet to, that can uniquely express God and His purposes in the way that He's designed for you particularly. You, no one else can do that. Eight billion of us on the planet. No fingerprint the same. No one of us the same. We're all called to express Him beautifully. Don't ever think that God made a mistake when He made you. He did not. You're just trying to model someone else. Find out who you're meant to be. Because God has a unique destiny for every single one of us. And um, it's so important that we know who we are. And that there's purpose and destiny in our lives. I never thought I'd get married and have a family. Jesus will be back before that happens. You know, when that gets too strong, I don't know whether I just interpret it wrong I don't know what happened, but somehow a thinking got hold of me that there was no future. And so it prevented me pursuing things that would have benefited my life today. And it prevented so many of our generation who, who were sadly took that thinking into a withdrawal mentality out of culture, out of the places of influence, and huddled in the church. Huddled in the church. Instead of being the salt and light that Jesus intended. You see, we forgot that Jesus said that um, we were to go into all the world and make disciples. Not just of people individually, but of nations. We were to influence the nations. We forgot that Jesus said, occupy till I come. You know, be busy. I'll tell you what. Now, my attitude to life is I'm hard out doing whatever I can to extend the kingdom. If Jesus interrupts me, hallelujah! It's all right with me. (laughs) I'm ready to go, but I'm ready to stay. I'm focused on staying and making a difference. I'm gonna be around for a long time yet. We forgot that Jesus said that there was a vital role for us to play and the kingdom of God coming on the earth. That it was like leaven in the bread, like yeast and bread that spread through the whole lump and affected our communities. That we were like a mustard seed. The kingdom was like a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds that grows into the largest of trees. And so um, having a seeds mentality, (laughs) they were locked in the church, (laughs) keeping out the evil, you know, keeping ourselves holy. You know, yes, we're to live holy. Yes, we're to live um, overcoming. And Jesus' life in us is all of that. But we're to go out there and make a difference. And um, Jesus left us on the planet to occupy our communities, to solve some of the problems facing our cities and communities. And I love what Ian said about seeking the welfare of the city where you are placed. Amen. It's time. It's time, church, to step up, not step down. It's time to step in, not step out. It's time to step forward, not step back. It's time to step in and not out. Step on and not off. And, you know, I I just felt there this morning, there may be some people here facing some some, um, decision situations and you're wondering whether to go forward or back. And I believe the Holy Spirit was just saying this morning, go forward, go forward, go forward. Keep taking the land. Don't withdraw. It looks like there's giants in front of you. It looks like it's impossible. But I believe the Holy Spirit's saying to someone or a number of people here this morning, maybe it's business, maybe it's buying a property or something in that realm, but don't step back, step forward. Go for it. Take land. Don't come back. And, um, you know, one of the things that... um, Um, again, just from Ian's message about traveling through the land, saying, Lord, where do you want us? Where do you want us? What a great prayer to pray. Lord, where do you want me? Where where am I meant to be? And um, that's a great prayer for Christians to pray. Um, I think all of us could put our hand up and say we're pretty good at picking where we want to be. But do we have the courage to say, Holy Spirit, where where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to be? I've always been puzzled when you go to the Gold Coast in Australia. There's a hundred churches up the Gold Coast. You go an hour inland, they can't get a pastor. And I thought, that's strange, God. They all led to the Gold Coast. (laughs) I've never figured that out yet. But anyway, um, everybody's led to the Gold Coast. Hallelujah. I've got to plant a church on the Gold Coast. (laughs) You know? Hour inland? No. (laughs) No one's led there. Anyways. Have the courage to let God pick your place, because where he puts you will be the place where you're designed to be to make a difference. And uh, it may not be what you may choose initially in the natural, but it will become that. And I just want to share a little story. Um, Years ago, after being in Maruwa for a few years, I decided I wanted to buy a house. And um, I might have told you this story, but I went to the land agent and said, you got any property for sale? And he said, Yeah. Um, showed me a few listings, and then I said, no, 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 they're all too expensive, um, anything cheaper. And he said, oh, you've got this one, but you won't want to see it. And I said, show me. So we drove out, looked at it. They wanted $29,000 for it. would you like to buy a house for $29,000? <laughs> Back in the day. Okay, $29,000, looked at it. It was rough as anything. The lawn was a foot high. It was green with mold. There was broken windows. It was pretty rough. And he said, I told you. And I said, nah, perfect. Offer them 24,000. So he offered them 24,000, and I would hardly put the phone down. And he rang back and said, yep, they took it. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, I've offered too much. <laughs> that was my first home. And unbeknown to us, we'd picked the house, or I'd bought the house next to the Party Central <laughs> in River, Day and night, FM full volume, parties alcohol. I built a shed and made an office in the back of the shed. I used to sit in my office with earmuffs on to study. Didn't think otherwise. Knew every rock song. <laughs> okay. The world was invading my world. And uh, it came to a kind of a head. There was some things that happened. and They were doing bar nights in the end. And when the pub closed, the whole hotel emptied out into their place. And, We go on to 2 o'clock in the morning. Vicki and I used to wake our children, or we didn't have to wake them. We used to carry them into the lounge, the far corner of the room, and we would sleep there, and we'd just get some sleep, three walls between us and the house next door. We prayed, and the Holy Spirit said, the scepter of the wicked shall not rest over the land allotted to the righteous out of Psalms. And uh, we prayed that prayer for six weeks. That home became the most peaceful home on the street. And God, some of those people, some of that family came to Jesus. And, uh, you know, God God wants to invade our communities. But He can only do that if we are willing to say, Holy Spirit, where do you want me? Where do you want me in the workforce? Where do you want me to live? Where do you want me to be? Because God needs the salt out of the salt shaker, out, of the, out, out into the places where it needs flavoring. And so... You know, I, I encourage you, have the courage to say, Lord, not where I want to be, but where do you want me to be? And that takes a level of commitment. It takes a little bit of a believing that God actually got you back and his destiny for you. You know, we come to love our place there on 1902 you Road. I wish I never sold it, but we did um, when we now live in Pakaraka. But um, that house became the most peaceful little oasis in, 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 in the street, and we loved it there. And uh, we, we just this is where God has us, and, and we, we were able to influence that area. You know, C.T. Studd said this. He said, some people want to live within the sound of a church bell. He said, I want to set up a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah. He said, some people want to live in the, with this, in the sound of the church bell. But he said, I want to set up a rescue shop a yard from hell. Isn't that challenging? But C.T. Studd was a, one of the early, um, very influential missionaries into the African Congo and um, saw an um, amazing move of God. You know, um, William Booth said this. He said, go for, the, go for sinners. Go after sinners, the worst ones, the most broken. And I have this conviction that some of our finest leaders may be in Northland Corrections right now. Yeah, some of our anointed leaders are there. And God's going to get hold of them because salt and light gets into the correction center and those people hear the gospel and they're going to come out of there. So they're leaders, they're entrepreneurs. They're just entrepreneurial in the wrong areas. you know. <laughs> but they're leaders and they're people of influence. They, they, they want to do something, but just doing the wrong thing. And when God sorts them out, Isaiah 58, 12 will come to pass, those from among you, the broken, the needy, those on the bottom of the heap shall build the old waste places, you shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the beach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. So um, you know, don't don't be afraid of broken people. They often are the absolute key to the kingdom, and they're gonna they're gonna make such a difference when they come in. Glory! It's so, so good. We're just so called to make a difference. You know, Joshua and Caleb had a spirit in, in, upon their life that enabled them to look at the promised land, look at this land full of giants and not be intimidated by those giants. They weren't fearful. They said, let's go in. And you know, and it can be scary going out into your world um, as, a, as a younger Christian and, and feeling like, man, this is scary being out here. I'm so different from the world I live in. But don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit's with you. He gives wisdom. He gives grace. He gives love. He gives compassion. He gives direction of how you can be among your community in a way that's, that, that doesn't um, non-threatening way, but brings the love of Jesus and the compassion of God into the dark places and the needy places in our communities. And I love this scripture 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6 says this, not that we are sufficient of ourselves. Is that you? That's me. We're not sufficient of ourselves to be, um, to, to be out among a, a, a dark world or to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient or able or adequate ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so each of us, you know, um, God's absolutely wanting to just overflow out of us so powerfully into our communities and into the world around us. And, uh, you know, I believe when believers begin to get a hold of this, when we just realize that our mission on the planet is to bring heaven to earth, our mission is is to is to solve the problems of the hour. And there's some fantastic examples from history of believers getting involved in their communities and in their world in such a way that they've absolutely transformed whole communities. We can become channels for amazing solutions to unsolvable problems. You know right there out there in our world right now, the problems some of the problems facing our communities are overwhelming. But you know what? This is an hour for the church to arise. This is what we were called for. When it's at its darkest moment, we as believers carry something that's needed out there. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Don't be pulled back, but go out with confidence that the Christ in you has the answers in this day. You know, we used to think the church was a vehicle. Uh, The church was a destination, but it's not a destination it's a vehicle to take the kingdom into the earth. It's not a destination. When I first got saved, I thought, oh, I'm in. I'm there. I've arrived. Now I'm a believer. Now I'm saved. Now I'm just waiting for Jesus to come. We didn't realize it was a vehicle taking us. It's meant to take the gospel, the good news, into our communities. You know? This is not, this. what we do here on Sunday mornings is just, Team talk, encouragement time. Our work is out there. Our mission is out there. Our purpose is out there. It's not in here. You know, bless you if you got here this morning, fought through all the nappies and the kids and got them ready and got to church. You are that's awesome. But you got here to get encouraged to go back out there. More nappies, neighbors. And all that's out there. The Bible's loaded with examples of believers who, who positioned themselves or positioned by God to bring solutions to their people. What about Esther? This beautiful um, girl, son of a, a Jewish man, marries the Persian king by amazing circumstance and saves her whole nation. Well, these are, these are pretty big stories. But it shows you that in every life there's a destiny. David the shepherd boy becomes king. And under his reign, David, uh, Israel reaches its highest pinnacle in history, under the reign of David and his son Solomon. Gideon delivered his people from the Midianites. Remember, Gideon, I'm the least among my father's house; my tribe is the least. I can't do this, but the Spirit of God comes on Gideon, and wow, what a difference! Many more in the Bible, and I just want to. Um, time just runs out so quick. I, knew this morning it was going to be what not to preach, not what to preach. Um, I want to tell you this story, one story before we close, about the city of Geneva. And um, who, who's heard of Geneva? Geneva is a city in Switzerland. And um, if you thought um, Geneva, what would come to mind? Or Switzerland? Watch. Swiss watch. What else? Mountains, yeah, beautiful mountains. Interest, interest. bank interest. Bank interest. Someone said chocolate, peacekeeping. peacekeeping. All right, okay, all, all of oh, that's so right. They're all such good answers. That is what we've heard of Switzerland. And, um, and do you know, in not in, in 1500, Ge, the city of Geneva was the most depraved, broken, crime ridden city in all of Europe. It was poverty stricken. It was full of um, dissatisfied people, um, soldiers who deserted. Um, There was all kinds of moral um, problems and all sorts of horrible things happening in the city of Geneva. It would have been rated the last place in Europe you would have wanted to live. Today, Geneva is one of the most influential cities in the world. It's the headquarters of the UN, the Red Cross, the World Bank, It has some of Europe's most prestigious schools. It's the home of precision engineering, the Swiss watch, the Swiss army knife, and Toblerone chocolate. (laughs) Those Swiss know how to make some good chocolate. How did the worst city become one of the best in Europe 500 years later? 500 years later, it is one of the greatest and most influential cities in Europe. One man, one Christian man called John Calvin... Calvin was a revivalist and a reformer. He was French by birth and he converted to Christianity while studying law in France. And one day he was traveling from France, um, through France, he was diverted and detoured into Switzerland through Geneva. And while in Geneva, he heard William Farrell, a fiery preacher of the gospel, who challenged him to remain in Geneva and help with the ministry. And Calvin began to teach personal repentance, faith in the living God, living a a godly life, and all the foundational truths of the Christian life. But he didn't stop there. He taught his converts how to reform society. He searched the scripture to see what God taught about everyday life, about solutions for living life and how to live life. And so he... His goal was to build a city founded on God's word, a model city. His messages were printed and distributed through the nation. Now here's some of the impact of of John Calvin's ministry. He taught the priesthood of all believers that there was no separation between the things of God and the everyday things of life. There was no holy priesthood and common people, that work was holy, that it was it was God's pulpit. It's God's place to re- to reveal His glory, not just the Christian church. And so, He taught that um, work was worship. Work done in excellence was worship under God. And so, He began to change the thinking on the family. He taught of all the great principles from the Word of God about about great relationship building, about about honesty, about hard work, about caring for family and. So he was so successful in changing the fabric of the families in the broken city of Geneva that the city fathers made it law. They said, what John Calvin said is now the law of the city, you know, Um, on all the things um, that were kingdom things. It was one of the poorest cities in Europe, and he searched God's words for answers. And the problem he saw was the interest rates were too high and the businesses couldn't succeed because the interest was so high that um, they, by the time they paid their interest bills, their businesses couldn't succeed. So he proposed to the city that an interest rate of 4%, the interest rate would be fixed at 4%, and he said the lender makes something, and the borrower can still make a business work and pay a 4% interest rate. Proved so successful, it was made law and lasted 400 years in the city of Geneva, the interest rate stayed at 4%. Wouldn't that amazing? Wouldn't that be good? (laughs) If we could keep it four or lower. Max Weber, a German non-Christian economist, attributed the Western nations and Europe's prosperity to Calvin, John Calvin. He attributed the wealth and success and prosperity of all of Europe and the Western nations to John Calvin. Manufacturing. The problem was inferior quality of products. The principle of the just balance from Scripture. Calvin discovered the principle of the the weights had to be fair, a just balance. In other words, what you paid and the quality of what you got had to be right. A fair price for a good product. That birthed precision engineering and the Swiss watch Geneva became the best in Europe. Amazing, um, and it goes on in finance today. Every fort 500, the Fortune 500 companies, 500 top companies in the world, all are represented or have headquarters in Geneva. Fifty percent of the world's private wealth is managed from or held in Geneva, because of the foundations of integrity and honesty education, welfare, it goes on and on. The Red Cross, based in Geneva. This was a disciple of Calvin in the 1800s, Henry Dunant, observed the battlefields of Europe, dying, wounded people, dying on the battlefields. And he said, why is this so? Why are people dying, wounded, and no one can rescue them? And they said, because if you go out there, you'll be shot. Searched the scripture, went to Geneva, presented a paper on the city of refuge from the Old Testament. A mobile city of refuge. He said, let's take a mobile city of refuge to the battlefields and to broken, needy places on the planet. It was adopted and signed by 16 nations, known as the Geneva Con- Convention. Politics, government, goes on and on. But it, 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 just one man who believed that the Word of God had the answers, for the needs of his world. And 500 years later, Geneva is a glowing gem of Europe, uh, prosperous and successful. Man, that's a big story, eh? <laughs> what about your life? What about you? Work in a cafe, in a bakery? You're a housewife? Or, you know, you, you, that, that may be your role right now. You may not be prominent right now you may not be a person who who you think can make a difference but i want to tell you this that right where you are right where you are who you are what god has given you to do right now is a most powerful place for your for the salt and the light of your life to influence people every one of us has a circle of people all around us and if we can carry something of his beauty, something of his life, something of who he is, out to our neighbours, out to our street, out to our community, onto the streets of Kerikeri, into the banks, into the supermarkets, into the gas stations, wherever we are, into the workplace, that we can do the best job possible. You mightn't be doing what you want to do right now, but I'll tell you what, if you're faithful for what you have right now, the principle of the kingdom is God will increase you. And so if you will just... um, Realise today that you are already salt and light. You just need to be full of a confidence that that His light in you is brighter than anything around you. To not be intimidated by what's happening in our world. This is the greatest hour of the church in this nation. This is what we are born for, church. We're not born to not be involved. We're not born to withdraw in this hour. We've been born for this moment to go out into our world and be salt and light to carry His goodness and life. No one's going to do it. God's not going to do it without you. He, he, every one of us is His vehicle. The church is not a destination. It's a vehicle. Your life is a vehicle for Jesus. You carry Him wherever you go. And He wants you first to know the power of His salvation to set you free and deliver you and heal you. And there's such great support in this church in foundations and learning the word and getting free. You've got such a wonderful opportunity here. This is one of the one of the best opportunities in Northland right now for you to get discipled and encouraged and strengthened and go out and make a difference in your world. So closing this morning and you know if you're here and you have not yet begun your journey with Jesus, have not yet um, surrendered your life to Him, have not yet invited Him into your life and discovered the enormous, wonderful potential of your life, um, began to realize that you're loved, that you're, that you're extremely valued, that you're extremely unique and important to God, then today could be your moment to say yes to Jesus. Today could be also your moment to say yes to the destiny that He has for you. Don't pull back. Don't, don't not think Go to university, if God's saying go to university. Go go and get training. Go and get equipped. Get into the media. Get into the arts. Get in. if, you're, if you've got art in you, then draw with all your heart, with the Holy Spirit upon you. If you've got music in you, play with all your heart, and the Spirit of God will anoint you. If you've got whatever the talent in your life, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's an opportunity for Jesus. And it's an opportunity for you to influence your world, because God needs us out there right now. Every one of us to shine. Every one of us to be who we're meant to be. Let's stand to our feet, church, this morning as we just close out.